may be seated tonight in the name of the Lord. Thank you so much, worship team. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to begin from the book of Psalm, the 27th Psalm. And I want to read to you one of the great verses of Scripture uh, that you'll find anywhere in the Word of the Lord. Of course, you can say that about all of them. I'm always finding myself saying one of my favorite verses, and then I realize I got about a million favorite verses. Amen. You know, when you, when, you, when you need something from the Lord and you start looking into the Word of God and it feeds you, that becomes your favorite verse. It becomes a favorite real fast. Hallelujah. How many know what it feels like to be fed by the Word of God? Hallelujah. That, to be given direction by the Word of God. It is a very beautiful and securing uh, feeling. Psalm 27 and verse 4, it just says one thing. Everybody say one thing. Have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I'm speaking tonight about seeking one thing. Seeking one thing. And uh, it's very important that we understand <clears throat> the, um, the significance of seeking just one thing. Uh, I, I take us now also to Philippians chapter 3. I want to take you to the, the word of the Lord uh, as it is written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Philippi. He said something about one thing as well. He spoke concerning the fact that he is interested in one thing. Philippians 3.13, brethren, I, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing. Everybody say that again, one thing. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I remember Brother Tenney saying one time uh, concerning Philippians 3 verse 13 where that the scripture says this one thing I do. And he made note of the fact that Paul said this one thing I do not these 40 things I dabble in. And I, uh, I thought how true a statement that is because we do get kind of caught up don't we in dabbling in this dabbling in that uh, trying a little bit of this trying a little bit of that and, and we end up not doing any of it well because we are so distracted we're so we're so divided in our attention and in our focus but Paul said as did David this one thing I do now, now, you have to know that the Apostle Paul did a lot of things. He did a lot of things. Uh, he, he, of course, was responsible for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the Gentile nations. You do know that you and I are here tonight because a man by the name of the Apostle Paul brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who had no access to the blessings of Abraham. You know, the blessing that we're experiencing, that is the blessing of Abraham. 
And by Abraham, I mean the blessing God placed upon Abraham. And so, so we have no access to it. We, we, are, we are not tied to it by lineage. And yet we are, we are uh, enthralled with the blessing of the Lord that came upon Abraham. The obedience that, that he demonstrated, we're able to demonstrate. And we're able to step into the blessing of the Lord. But the Apostle Paul is the one that, that broke out of the, the Jewish construct and uh, of, of, of perceiving this message and explained it isn't, it isn't simply to the Jew, but it's to the Jew first, but it's also to the Greek. And it's, it's to, to whosoever will, and it's under the uttermost parts of the earth. And it's to every nation, it's to every creature. And so it was a, a, it, it's a beautiful thing that the Apostle Paul uh, did. He, of course, he traveled to Thessalonica, he traveled to Ephesus, he traveled to Philippi, he traveled to Jerusalem, must needs go to Jerusalem, he said. I, he, he dealt with so many different oppositions and adversaries. There were evil spirits that he cast out. There were lame conditions that God used him to heal. And, and the Apostle Paul was greatly used of the Lord. He did a lot of things, but, but he wanted you and I to understand that at the end of the day, there's only one thing he did. I mean, you can, you can describe all the missionary journeys. You can talk about his habits. You can talk about his, what he, what he, what he, what, where he went and who he was with and, and what he wrote. But he said, in all that I did, there was only one thing I was doing. In everything I did, I was pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And so tonight, our challenge in this hectic pace of living that, that we are subjected to, that we are enveloped by, our challenge is that in all we do, we must remain focused on the one thing that we are truly seeking after. And that is the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Why did he forget those things which are behind? Because those things which are behind were a, 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 they were a, an impediment to him reaching forth and, and pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. So he had to understand, he had to learn, he had to discipline, he had to, he had to get close to God, he had to pray, he had to be in his Bible, as, as the word of God, understanding the voice of God, so that he could in fact forget those things. Now he just generalizes it, right? Those things. It's this, it's this kind of a broad spectrum, forgetting those things. Well, those things, there's a lot of stuff in those things. A lot of mistakes, a lot of failure, a lot of a problem, a lot of condemnation. I mean, some bad stuff that existed in the life of the Apostle Paul before coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. But he said, in order for me to be concentrated on the one thing I need to be concentrated on, I had to forget those things. Which are behind. And some of the stuff that he forgot about, it wasn't all sin. Some of the stuff he had to forget about were, were just mistakes and, and, and maybe a bad judgment call. You know, it was later in life 
that he decided to call Mark back into his ministry. He discarded Mark at one point in his ministry. In fact, it was such a sharp contention between Paul and Barnabas concerning whether or not Mark would, would be a part of their ministry efforts that Paul and Barnabas went different ways. Barnabas said, all right, I'll go with Mark. I'll take him with me. And Paul said, fine. <laughs> I'll take my toys and Silas, and I'll go my direction. And, and, and they, there was sharp contention. And then later in his writings, he said, and tell Mark that I need him. He is profitable to me for the ministry. That tells me, it may, be, it may be that Paul was right on, Mark wasn't ready, Barnabas felt he was, Paul felt he wasn't. There was sharp contention. Later, Paul decides that Mark is profitable to the ministry, so apparently Mark proved himself. But my point is this, Paul perhaps had even moments in his ministry after coming to the Lord Jesus, where maybe he didn't like the way he handled a thing. But instead of letting that hamper his future, he forgot it and reached forth unto those things which are before. See, God doesn't just give us victory over our past sins, but he gives us victory over our past lapses in judgment or our past bad decisions or our past failures to comprehend a thing and to make the right judgment call on a thing where it wasn't necessarily sin. But it, but it wasn't something that you're very happy that occurred. And you are in a position where you can either live on that, dwell on that, and let it prevent you from going forward. Or you can buckle down and say there's only one thing that matters. And that one thing that matters is pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something. That is the only thing that matters in your life. Don't get caught up in all of the other stuff. That does not matter. Don't get caught up in all of the other distractions and all of the things that, that you think are so important. And it is so easy to think that all of it's important. And I'm going to tell you what, God forbid. But if you were called home tonight and your life on earth finished tonight, then and perhaps only then would you understand how trivial all of that other stuff really was. And the only thing that matters is the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. In Christ Jesus. And you, and you won't receive it. You won't, you won't arrive there. You won't land in that. You won't get to that if you do not make that the one thing that your life is focused on. You know, you can decide which way do I want to go. The age-old question, what do I want to be when I grow up? I remember Brother Kerry Rivers, he was in his, uh, his mid-60s. And he told me, he said, uh, this one of the great elders from our church in Indiana where I grew up, he said, Brother Joel, he said, I'm, I'm retired and I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. And, and, and the fact of the matter is that a lot of us feel that way. We may never settle on exactly what, what it is that we do, but, but if you will keep the main thing the main thing. Hallelujah. There's another Brother Tenney quote. Keeping the main thing, the main, the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is making heaven your eternal home. The main thing is arriving at that, that place, that prize of the, of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Press toward it, reach forth unto it. From the book of James chapter 1 and verse 5, the word of the Lord says, 
If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Now that's an interesting prescription, isn't it, for wisdom? Because a lot of times we think if we lack wisdom, go grab a book. If we lack wisdom, go Google something. If any man lack wisdom, go talk to an expert in that field. But, but, but I'm talking about divine wisdom here. And the scripture said, if any man lack wisdom, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. That's what you become when you begin to waver in your focus on the one thing that matters. You become like a wind that is driven and tossed. It appears for a little while and then it vanishes away. It is not, it's not trackable. It, it doesn't have any lasting solidity. It, it's not something that you can plant your, your feet on or build your house on. And that's what we're like when we waver and we waver in prayer. Our prayer life is a reflection of, of what we are internally in the spirit. See, it's, it, if, if your prayer life is lacking, your spirit man is lacking. If your prayer life is not full of faith, that means you are not full of faith. If, if your prayer life is, is wavering, then that means you are wavering. And he said, let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. I'm telling you, if you're not asking in faith, you're not asking at all. He said, you have not because you ask not. And sometimes you ask and still don't have because you ask amiss. So ask in faith. Hallelujah. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. And this is why. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. See, that, that double-mindedness creates an instability that, that infects everything about your life. It's not just instability in one area, but it, it affects instability in all areas of your life. When you are double-minded, when you're not concentrated on one thing, when your mind is, is, is one day driven by money and the next day driven by Fame, and the next day driven by a desire to serve the Lord. And sometimes we, sometimes we, we really do kind of give ourselves a pass where we will maybe have a desire to serve the Lord one day a week. And because we feel noble for having that desire one day a week, we ignore the multiple times where our actions do not reflect that desire. Over and over and over. But when that's the only thing you desire, then all, it will affect every action you take. Every, mo every moment of your, of your life will be, will be geared towards serving God, pressing toward the mark. Does this conversation that I'm engaged in right now, is it, is it me pressing toward the mark of the, high, of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus? Is it the one thing I'm doing? What am I doing? Am I seeking advantage over my brother? Or am I pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus? Oh, it matters. It really does matter. And so it's the, it's the one thing. 
that needs to be a part of our, of our life. Now, I want, to, I want to focus your attention back on Psalm 27 because this, this is a very powerful passage of Scripture. And it comes from this amazing man by the name of David. Psalm 27, verse 4, one thing, have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. It's one thing to desire something from the Lord, and it's another thing to seek after it. It's one thing to say, Lord, you know, I just want to be like you. And it's another thing to actually seek to be like him. It's one thing to say that, 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 that I want to be close to God and, and then actually seek to be close to God. Because I would dare say every single one of us, we could take a poll. And I don't think anybody in this room would say, I really want to struggle all the days of my life. And when it's all said and done, I, I, it you know, wouldn't bother me if I just went straight to hell. And there's not anybody going to say that because nobody desires that. And yet we, we really don't, we don't necessarily reflect in our decisions and in the way we treat somebody and the way that we pray. It doesn't always reflect itself in our, in our living. But David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord. And that one thing. I'm going to seek after. And, and, and this is the one thing that he desired. Now this guy had a lot. This guy had a lot that God gave him. He was a, a man of valor, a valiant man. He was known for his amazing musical ability. He was not just a great musician. I want you to hear about this man David, okay? Because we, we think we know all about him. But imagine a guy who is known for his ability to play any instrument you hand him. Stringed instruments. And, and, and he understood how music worked together. And not only did he play music beautifully, but he wrote songs. If he was going through a trial, he did not waste that trial. He wrote a song about it. And he put music to the song. And the songs weren't just songs, they're psalms. And, and this man, not only did he write songs, he wrote prophetic songs. He, he wrote songs, hear me now, he wrote songs from the vantage point of the Messiah. Many of his songs were actually words that the Messiah would say when he walked the earth. That's how in tune David was to God. This man was an amazing man. God saw him and said he's a man after my own heart. Not, 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 not just made in my image, after my own heart. The Bible, that's, that's, a high, that's a high praise when God says that he's a man after his own heart. The Bible says that the Lord delivered the bear into his hand. The Lord delivered the lion into his hand. And because of that, he knew the Lord would deliver the uncircumcised Philistine into his hand. All of that. King, prophet, psalmist, even went into the temple of the Lord and ate the showbread like a priest. And God said, that's all right. I mean, this man, there were a lot of things he had going for him and that he had in his life. But only one thing did he desire of the Lord. And I'm telling you, if there's only one thing you'll desire, then all of these other things will come to you. 
Now, that's a principle we're going to get into in just a moment. But, but we fail to understand the principle because we get it backward. We think, all right, I want to be a, I want to be a giant slayer like, like David was a giant slayer. So I'm going to focus. I'm going to get a, the, the, you know, the idiot's guide to killing giants. I'm going to Google how to kill Goliath. I'm going, to, I'm going to do what I can to become the greatest psalmist, the greatest prophet. And, and that's not what David didn't desire to be a great psalmist. David didn't desire to be a great prophet. He didn't desire to kill Goliath. He didn't desire to kill a lion. He didn't desire to become the king of Israel. He desired to behold the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire in his temple all the days of his life. Listen to what he said. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. I'm not going to just let it be a dormant desire in my mind, but I'm going to seek after it. In my relationships, I'm going to keep at the forefront of that relationship this desire. In my business dealings, I'm going to keep at the forefront of my my business dealing this one desire that I have. In my, in my being a husband, in my being a father, in my, in my being a brother, I'm going to keep at the forefront this one desire that I have, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire in His temple. And I just want to ask you, what is your one desire? What is your one desire? Now be careful, but you know, if, if God were to show up, just pop up out of your Bible like a genie would pop out of a bottle and say, all right, you get one, you get one thing. What would be your one thing? Solomon got that opportunity. And like his dad, he chose wisely. He said, one thing I want is an understanding heart. And God said, you know what, you have asked correctly because since you want an understanding heart, you didn't ask for long life, you didn't ask for riches, you didn't ask for fame. Because you asked for an understanding heart, I'm going to give you riches, I'm going to give you long life, I'm going to give you what you did not ask for. The one thing, what, it, what would be the one thing you would ask of the Lord? David's one thing was not world renowned, world acclaim. His one thing was To dwell in the house of the Lord. To behold the beauty of the Lord. Why do you want to be in the house of the Lord? I'll tell you why. To behold the beauty of the Lord. What if that was your one desire? Simply to behold the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire in his temple. Oh, hallelujah. So, when David was out on the shepherd's field praising God, you know what he was doing? He was seeking after the one thing that he desired. To dwell in the temple of the Lord all the days of his life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. When the the lion came in and attacked the flock and David fought back, you know what he was doing? He was seeking after that one thing that he desired. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple all the days of his life. When he saw that Israel was faced with a a challenge they could not overcome and he knew that he had the capability to step in and help and they said, we know the naughtiness of your heart. His response was, is there not a cause? When he saw a cause, he rose to it. When you see a cause, you will rise to it when you're seeking after one thing. 
you say, well, that's not the one thing I'm interested in. I've got this I've got to get done. I've got that I've got to get done. But I want, you to, I want you to take everything that's in your heart as a desire and surrender it to God and say, Lord, the one thing I desire is to dwell in your temple all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord. Hallelujah. To inquire. I mean, what a thing to desire. What a thing to desire just to simply inquire of the Lord all the days of your life. When he made his most terrible mistake, when the mistake was so severe that it required death to atone for his mistake, the wages of his sin were in fact death. And when, and when David was in that position, and some of you may be in the position where you have perhaps ventured down a road you think there is no return from the road down which you have ventured but David said not when there's only one thing you desire he says see I didn't desire a great reputation I desire to behold the beauty of the Lord he said I, I don't desire I don't desire everybody applauding me and and praising me I desire to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I'm going to tell you something. If that's the one thing you desire, you can come back from anything. If that's the one thing you desire, you can overcome any obstacle. If that's the one thing you desire, God has a way of stepping into your circumstances and turning the whole thing around. Hallelujah. When he said, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, but blot out my transgressions and wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. He's acknowledging his transgressions because there's only one thing he desired. He doesn't desire a pass. He doesn't desire to overlook it. He doesn't desire to sweep it under the rug. He desires to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Hallelujah. That's what he desires. So, so he goes on and says, you desire truth in the inward part and in the hidden part. You shall make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. See, when the one thing you desire is to dwell in the house of the Lord, to behold the beauty of the Lord, inquire in his temple all the days of your life, and you'll bounce back from whatever pit you fell into. Because it's, it's the one thing you desire. And you will seek after it. Nobody have to beg you. Nobody have to pull you down into an altar of repentance. You'll come down with sackcloth and ashes and say, oh God, there's only one thing I desire. But look at all that he lost. I, I know, I know. And it is so sad all the things David lost. But the only thing he desired was to behold the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire in his temple all the days of his life. Hallelujah. We must understand that when there's one thing we desire, we will seek after it. What are you seeking after? Because that will tell you what you desire. Whatever it is that you're seeking after is, is the one thing you desire. Are you, are you seeking after money? Are you seeking after people's validation of you? 
are you seeking after some kind of a satisfaction of your lust? Because if that's what you desire, that's what you will seek after. It's the desires are a hard thing to understand. They're a hard thing to understand. They're invisible. They're intangible. Desire is a feeling. And feelings are, are, are very nuanced. You know, I don't even know why we call them feelings. I mean, how do you know your feeling? It's not tangible. You're not reaching out and actually touching something and feeling a thing. And so you, you just say, I feel sad or I feel happy or I I feel lonely people even say I feel guilty guilt is not even a feeling it's it's a state of being you're either guilty or you're not guilty if you are guilty repent if you're not guilty rejoice it's not a feeling it's a, it's a state of being and yet and yet we can feel a thing and desire is a, is a feeling. What is that desire? The way you know what your desire is, step back and take a look at what you're seeking after. And why you're seeking after it. Don't seek after things for the applause of man. Seek after the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. That one thing will I seek after. Luke chapter 11. We're going to read beginning with verse 33. Luke chapter 11. Verse 33, I want to I just point some things out to you in this passage of Scripture. The Scripture says in Luke 11, verse 33, No man, when he hath lighted a candle, putteth it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, thy whole body also is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. If thy whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light as when the bright shining of a candle doth give thee light. One of the great challenges we have is the division of our eye. He said, let your eye be single. And when your eye is single then you will be full of light. The problem with us many times is that our eye is divided by the different things we crave, the different things we desire, the, the, various, the, varying, the varying things that we seek after. But, but he said, let your eye be single, and that's how the light shines forth. You want to you do something great for God? Desire only one thing. And seek after that with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your soul and all of your strength. Don't be one person here and another person when you're not here. Don't be one person in this, in this place and then another person when you walk out into your workplace. Let your eye be single. You will never be at peace if you are double-minded. You will never be at peace if your eye is divided. But let your eye be singularly focused upon the one thing, the one thing, the one thing, the one thing, the one thing. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. You know what he's saying? He was saying, I'm not telling you I got it all together. I'm not telling you I'm perfect. I'm not telling you that I have arrived. I'm not telling you that I've got it all figured out, but I will tell you what I am doing. I'm forgetting those things which are behind me. 
That's what Paul said. And I am reaching forth unto those things which are before. This is the one thing I do. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, you know, you will miss the mark if you miss the point. The problem with missing the point is that you think it's okay to miss the point. And it's not okay to miss the point. If you miss the point, you'll miss the mark. we got to press toward the mark. And if you miss the point of what Jesus did on Calvary, you'll miss the mark. And if you miss the point of the blood that was shed, and if you miss the point of why you have the Holy Ghost, and if you miss the point of why we pray, if you miss the point of why we live a holy and separated life under the Lord, if you miss the point of why we love our neighbor as ourselves, then you'll miss the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. When there's only one thing you do, then you will pray. Then you will stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost that is in you. When there's only one thing you do, then you will love your neighbor as yourself and you will love your wife as Christ loved the church and you will love your children and children will obey their parents and, and, and upon these this loving God and loving your neighbor will hang all the law and the prophets because it's, it's, it's the one thing. Why are you going to Ephesus? There's only one reason I'm going to Ephesus. Because I'm pressing toward the mark. Why are you going to Corinth? There's only one reason. I'm not going to Corinth so that I can get a, a better invitation to, you know, go preach, whatever. I'm not trying to make a name for myself, Paul is saying. There's only one thing I do. In all that I do, there's only one thing I'm really doing. I'm pressing toward the mark. You don't press toward the mark on Sunday and then press toward a different mark on Monday. You don't have one goal when you step in here and rub shoulders with, with people of like precious faith. And then when you get into an arena or an environment where you are with, with people who have different motives and you just start to blend in with their motives. You start to develop a, 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 a camaraderie with, with what their goals are. Listen, you've got a different place you're headed. You're going to a city, hallelujah, that hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Hallelujah, you're, you're going to a place that he has gone before us to prepare a place that where he is, there we may be also. That's, that's all there is, folks. That's the one thing. It's the one thing that we do. It's the one thing we desire of the Lord. And that will we seek after. We just... I did, just came back from, this week has been a, a, a very uh, sad week for so many families. Two young people in their 20s who, who passed away in separate motorcycle accidents, affecting two families in our church. And, and the grief and the sadness is just overwhelming. It's such a painful reminder such a painful reminder that there's only one thing that matters. One thing that matters. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. you got to come away and come out from any other thing that, that may deviate from this one thing. Because this life can be cut short just that fast. Just that fast. It can be cut short. And all the plans you've made, or, or they come to naught. And all of the ideas that you had. And all of the, all of the things you were focused on. They, they, none of them matter if you weren't focused on the one thing that 
matters. And you can, and listen, you can write me off if you want to as just another preacher harping about eternity. But you'll hear these words. You'll remember these words when you stand before the Lord because it's the only thing that matters that your soul be right with God. I remember the old song that said, above all else I must be saved. Above all else I must be saved. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. And it, it's, a, it's a sad situation to see when a life is taken. And, and we've seen it happen so much this week. But the Lord said, let your eye be single. Let your eye be single. There's going to be a lot to, to, to compete for where your eye is focused. A lot. Everything from relationships to, to opportunities in life to worldly to worldly. Pleasures, the pride of life, the lusts of the flesh, all of that will compete for the singularity of your eye. And, he, and the devil doesn't really care if you focus on, on one thing that he throws up at you. He's, he's actually very skilled at throwing up a bunch of stuff. All he wants to do is distract you from the one thing. If he can keep you from being singularly determined to serve the Lord, then he's done his job. If he can keep you from being singularly determined, hallelujah, to be the kind of husband and father and wife and, 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 and mother and, and brother and sister and child of God that God has called you to be, then he's done his job. But let your eye be single. And, and the Bible says that it's like when the candle is, is lit, it, it, it provides a light and all men can see it. I love Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27, what it says concerning the candle of the Lord. It says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. When the spirit of man catches on fire, when you allow God to, to ignite and illuminate the inward parts of you, oh, hallelujah. We call it catching on fire we say somebody's on fire anybody ever heard that term somebody's they're on fire for Jesus or they're on fire it, it, that's actually what happens it, it's the candle of the Lord when the spirit of man becomes surrendered to God subjected to God it's the candle of the Lord God actually lights it like a flame that's what happened in Acts chapter 2 when there were cloven tongues like as a fire sitting upon each of them God was lighting their spirit on fire and they in the words of their popular culture though who observed what was happening turned their world upside down that's what happens when we become singularly focused now if we're if we're trying to gain political advantage and we're arguing and fighting over every little thing that comes up and we get mad about this and we get and we get our feelings hurt about every little thing that comes down the pike you are distracted get your eyes back on Jesus get your eye back on what matters Get your eye back on, on things that last forever, the, the eternities, hallelujah. Not this little thing that will pass so, so quickly. But get your eyes, hallelujah, on the right, on the right direction and pursue it. Let your spirit catch on fire. Let the Lord, hallelujah, get a hold of, of the spirit of man and, and turn it into the candle of the Lord. Luke chapter 10, verse 42, the Bible says, that Jesus was with his good friends at dinner. And I love this passage of scripture. Martha, we can all relate with Martha. Because Martha was, was busy. 
and, and, and Jesus liked going to Martha and Mary's house and Lazarus's house. And he loved this, he loved this, uh, the, this family. And, uh, and, and so Martha was careful and troubled about many things. The Bible says, verse 38, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. You see, Jesus didn't have a problem with Mary, or pardon me, with Martha's labor. He didn't, he didn't condemn her for it. He never said, you, that's all, that does, none of that stuff matters. He was letting her work and, and, and get done what needed to be done. The challenge came when Martha started looking upon Mary's time as being insignificant. Because it was spent at the feet of Jesus hearing his word. And Martha said, Jesus, tell her to help me. Because I just put on a beautiful spread. Now I'm washing the dishes. And I'm taking care of all these things. And Mary should be helping me. And Martha was right. Amen. Mary should be helping. But there was only one thing that Mary desired. More than all the food that was on the table. More than more than than. Than, than even having, enjoying a good evening of, of whatever they were going to be doing to enjoy their evening. The one thing she desired was to sit at his feet and hear the word. Sit at his feet and hear the word. And Jesus said, one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Hallelujah. Now here is the thing. Jesus was not suggesting that Mary should, should do no labor. Because we can look at that scripture and get mad at Mary real quick. Like, I'd like to do that too, but somebody's got to do this. But if you sit at Jesus' feet long enough and hear his word long enough, you start hearing things like, go and do thou likewise. You start hearing things like, occupy till I come. You start hearing things like preach the gospel to every creature. You start hearing things like take up your cross and follow me. So it's not that Jesus was saying Mary never has to do anything of, of labor. He was simply saying, let her be. She's sitting at my feet. She's hearing my word. She's receiving from me. This is what she needs. This is the one thing that is needful. This is the one thing that is needful. And it is a good part that cannot and shall not be taken away from her. And if you will sit at his feet and hear his word, then this one thing shall not be taken away from you. Nothing will be able to take it away from you. Now, if you come in for a drive-by blessing, hallelujah, glory to God, cry a little bit, get stammering lips, and then go on your way, then, then, then you're, 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 not, you're not in a position to fight the tough battles but when you sit at his feet and you hear his word what 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 
Mary was doing was exactly what David described his one thing that he desired. To dwell in the house of the Lord. To behold the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire in his temple all the days of his life. And so, you have a lot of things pressing. You have a lot of things calling for your attention. A lot of things that are are demanding your time. Demanding your focus. And you can choose how you do it. You 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 can go right to it and start checking them off and dealing with them one by one. But I wonder if you would hear the word of the Lord. Matthew 6 verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Notice what he said. Because I'm going I'm to talk about all these things. I'm going to just go through it real quick here. Matthew 6, 24. No man can serve two masters. You've you got to be focused on one thing. No man can serve two masters. For he will hate the one, love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, and what you shall be put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. And yet that is really the majority of our focus. What we'll eat and what we'll put on. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. It's it's, it's heathenistic. For your heavenly Father, hear this, He knows that you have need of these things. I want you to understand God knows what you need. And while you're busy trying to say, and, and, and search for all the things you need. Jesus is saying your heavenly father knows that you have need of these things. Instead of trying to do God's job for him in your life. You focus on the one thing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Now I want you to understand that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I'm talking about seeking one thing. Didn't it just say or mention two things? The kingdom of God and his righteousness? No, it's not. They're not separate things. The kingdom of God is his righteousness. And righteousness is the kingdom of God. That's why Romans 14 and 17 says that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace. And joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you seek the kingdom of God, that's righteousness. When you are practicing righteousness, that's the kingdom of God. And that's, that's the one thing. That's where the focus needs to be. And if you'll do that, God will do everything else. And I just want to take a quick poll 
by a show of hands, how many think God can do it better than you can do it? I just wonder. Go ahead. Go ahead. Give him a wave offering with that hand. Do you think God can do it better than you can do it? Do you think God can take care of your needs better than you can take care of your needs? Do you think God can multiply better than you can multiply? <laughs> Folks, I'm trying, I'm trying to give a prescription for peace of mind right now. You should go to bed with your head at peace in the name of Jesus saying, Lord, I'm going to focus my whole life on serving you and doing righteously in your sight, knowing that you will take care of the rest. Oh, hallelujah. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I just felt the Holy Ghost because when I said that, somebody thought, oh, I know God will take care of things. I'm not worried about things. I'm worried about people. He'll take care of the enemies too. I said he'll take care of your enemies. He'll take care of those who would rise up against you. God will be a wall of fire round about you. But he can only do that if you focus on the one thing. Stop taking stuff out of his hands, saying, I'll do this. And you just pretend to be God. You just pretend to be my Lord. I'll see you on Sunday. And I'll take care of the rest. No, just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Can we lift our hands and praise him right now? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, precious Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord God. Blessed be the name of the Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's stand to our feet right now and praise Him. Thank you, Jesus. Let's praise Him right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to His name. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. Oh, he is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I want you right now to take every worry that you may have. Hallelujah. I want you to lay it down in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And say, God, I'm just going to focus on you. I'm just going to focus on loving you and serving you and worshiping you. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, let's lift up a praise unto God right now. Oh, Glory. Hallelujah. 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 You know. Here's a, here's, a, here's a saying we like to, to say, and it's scripturally based. Hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battles. Hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battles. You know, you know, you know what we think that means? We think that means bite your tongue and let the Lord fight your battles. Bite your tongue till you bite it off. And let the Lord fight your battles. Contain your anger. And let the Lord fight your battles. That's what we think it means. That's not, it's not, I mean, it's, that's good advice. But that's not quite what it means. 
It means hold on to that peace you have. And let the Lord fight the battle. Because when you fight the battle, you let go of the peace. You release your peace when you fight the battle. The peace just slips out of your heart. When you take up arms against, you name it. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty, and they're not mighty through us. They're mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. Folks, do you know you can't pull down a stronghold? You can't do it. But through God, there are strongholds coming down in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Casting down imaginations. Bringing every thought and every high thing that exalted itself against what you know about God. Bringing it all into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In the name of Jesus, I want somebody right now to hold on to that peace that God has given you. Oh, He wants to give you peace. Do you know He wants to give you peace? For these next few moments, I want us to reach up unto God and let Him fill you with a new and precious peace. And then I want you to hold on to that peace and let the Lord fight your battle. Come on, reach out and get a hold of that peace. God, I'm letting you, I'm letting you speak peace into my spirit right now. He's going to give you peace about the most perplexing things. Things you can't resolve. Things you can't understand. Things you know. Things you know. The devil has nearly convinced you that this thing won't work out. You give it to God and say, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you fight this battle for me. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, release, everything. release the results to him. Release the outcome to him. Release how you want it to turn out. Release all of it to him. And he will give you perfect peace. And he will fight your battle for you. In the name of Jesus, all across this building right now, I want us to pray to God and say, Lord, I need, a, I need peace right now. I need peace. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Peace comes when we seek one thing, one thing, one thing. Hallelujah. Come on, seek and you shall find. Seek and you shall find. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Every moment I'm awake, yes. Lord, hey.